Welcome to The Female Red Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to The Female Red Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today I'm interviewing Annette Bao. Annette is a certified financial planner. She's a performance coach. She's helped tens of thousands of people in over 50 countries create an amazing business and life. And that sounds so exciting. So I'm so excited to talk with her about this. Now, the accumulation of her dream, commitment, and insight was the creation of MillionaireSeries.com and PMA360.com, a performance mastermind academy. She has a Bachelor of Science degree in finance with an emphasis in psychology from Arizona State University because her father, who had only an eighth grade education, wouldn't let her start her own company until she graduated. So there's some incentive there for an entrepreneur to be. She became a lifetime member of the Golden Key National Honor Society, is listed in Who's Who of Finance and Industry, Who's Who of American Women. She has had some incredible success stories with her clients. Uh, One of the success stories was that uh, someone she worked with had results that included 775% increase in revenue, 800% increase in referrals, and an $80 million increase in assets under management, which in the financial services industry is the new business that you're bringing in. And she can tell you more about that. She's the author of numerous products and four books. She has been on TV and radio and She has spoken at all sorts of associations and groups. She's a founder and charter member of Arizona Women in International Trade, Thunderbird. She's a past board member of the Phoenix Executive Committee for the Women's Opportunity Fund. And I could go on and on, but the one thing I want to say is I know something about Annette. We've known each other for uh, several years now, just in in passing, and then we do some work together joint, and we've developed a closer relationship. And I think that Annette is absolutely wonderful, and I'm thrilled to have her on the show today. So welcome, Annette. Oh, well, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me. So the first question I'd like to ask is just if you could share with the audience the story of the great success you had with just one client. You've had these successes over and over and over with clients. If you could share a little bit about your millionaireseries.com and pma360.com and just tell us a little bit more about how that works and share some success if you could. Yeah, and actually those are three different advisors. So the increase in 775% was a female advisor, which is really exciting. The increase in referrals of up 800%. He beat our previous advisor, who had been up 400%, and he's up in Canada. And then our AUM is a team back east. So they're all three different advisors, and it's very exciting. But let me start by telling a story about how I became a performance coach. Something happened to me when I was in fourth grade. I went to a small school in South Dakota, and I had just won the spelling contest, and the math. We would have these time tests where you'd see who could get the most multiplication facts done, and I had won it, and I was feeling so good because math and spelling, and I had this big competitor who was a guy. My teacher said something to me that literally forever changed my life. She said, and to think you're only using 8 to 12% of your brain. So if you can imagine this, it's like this big balloon, and I'm feeling like on cloud nine, and it was like she popped it, and I was just dumbfounded. And I can remember it as if it was yesterday. And I looked at her and asked the obvious question, well, what about the 88 to 92%? And she looked at me and she said, no one knows. And of course, (laughs) that's not an okay answer. (laughs) It literally became my passion to figure that out because I thought if you could figure out how to use that 88 to 92% of your brain, 
what would be possible? And that's really then kind of transformed my life into where I am. But another amazing thing happened to me in my childhood. The funny thing is there's a term I refer to as a worth barometer, and we can dive into that more in depth. But the interesting thing about a worth barometer, it's a combination of your beliefs and your self-esteem. And so one of the things I find out about money, because obviously that's been uh, something I focus a lot of my energy on, both in the accumulation as well as in helping a lot of other people, is the fact that your worth barometer literally dictates everything about your life. And so I grew up with a belief that once I was a millionaire, everything in my life would be great. Interestingly enough, I had to work when I was in high school because I didn't come from a wealthy background. The people that would come into the restaurant where I worked, a lot of them were millionaires. And I shouldn't say a lot of them. The four millionaires in our town would come in. So one of them I befriended. <laughs> he ended up hiring me to do research. But I would pick his brain, and I was so fascinated to just learn about him. He taught me so many valuable things. The main one being the fact of it's one thing to have a great business, but it's also important to have a great life. And so on this quest to becoming a millionaire, because at that point in my life, I never imagined I'd ever be able to be a multimillionaire. I mean, it wasn't even within my belief system. I thought, you know, I want to have a great life too. I don't just want to have money. The one thing I've come to realize is that having money is a lot better than not having money, but that as long as you have your values and you have your big picture in place. What ended up happening, I progressed through and I decided I'm going to become a financial planner. Well, somewhere along the line, it dawned on me that everything in life has a formula. So if you think about it, there's a formula for you to be at your ideal weight. There's a formula for you to achieve your financial goals. There's a formula for health. There's a formula for illness. And when I really got that, it was like a light bulb came on because I thought, well, isn't that fascinating? That really gets into the element of how do you tap into the 88 and to 92% of your brain that you're not using. What I came up with is the fact that there's three components to a successful formula. There's your inner game, your self-talk, your beliefs, your self-esteem, your vision, your mission, all those things. And then there's your game plan and how you're going to do it. And then there's your outer game, the action you take. And when you combine those in the right mix for you, because we all have a unique formula, meaning my formula for being, say, my ideal weight is going to be different than yours. I may have to work out more. You may have to eat different types of food. So we all have a different one. It's not like there's just one size that fits all, but in a bigger scheme of things, it all comprises of different components of inner game, game plan, and outer game. I had been a financial planner for, say, 20-some years, and I was really happy doing it. And then one day I woke up and I said, I'm just not challenged anymore. And I thought, if I do this for another 20 years, I'm doing my clients a disservice, I'm doing myself a disservice. That's when I published my second book, which is The Seven Principles of Becoming a Millionaire for Life. And in the process of that, I started writing a little bit here, a little bit there, and the largest online financial services magazine came to me and said, would you write for us? Heck no. And so I just ignored it. Well, I ended up going to a conference, and there were four of the people there in that corner me and said, just give us three articles. I'm like, okay, I can do three articles. Well, the first article, which was the 100% Closing Club, <laughs> literally crashed their site. And I had so many people saying, how do you do this? How do you do this? And I was like, people really want to know? I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And so then that's when I said, I'm going to start teaching some of my training. So I started out actually teaching how to market to affluent women because that was my specialty. And then in the process of that, I, I developed a marketing system, a selling system. And then what I found was that I could get people results in about 3 to 12 months, 
But the problem was, is as soon as somebody got started getting results, they were gone. And that's when I created my performance mastermind. Because what I realized is even though you need to give people a process and help them with their formula, there also has to be some accountability piece or some piece that keeps them engaged so that they continue doing what they need to do and they stay on track. So that's how it ended up getting to the point it is now where we've worked with almost every major firm and we've had phenomenal results and with men and women, which is so exciting. Well, that's incredible. And I know that you've had success. I hear it from others and you and I have spoken of it as well. Tell us a little bit more about this worth barometer, because I think that um, every single person, myself included, could probably learn something from this, because I think that especially women, we've got some different perceptions that sometimes need to be changed. No, that's a great question. Your worth barometer is just a term that I came up with to describe a person's beliefs and their self-esteem. A lot of times we have a belief maybe that we're not enough. And anywhere you look, we're not thin enough, we're not attractive enough, we're not young enough. And one of the things I found so fascinating, because this is obviously, it it goes across gender lines. But if you can work on your worth barometer, your self-esteem and your beliefs, anything's possible. And I want to use a great analogy because I thought this is such perfect timing. So here we are getting ready for the Super Bowl. We were up skiing last weekend with friends at our other home, and it was so cute. We came down, and we had been skiing pretty hard, and the little guy that was skiing, my friend's son, said, I, I, my legs are just killing me. I need to take a rest. So he went in, and it, it really wasn't they needed to take a rest. He wanted to watch the Panthers because he loves the Panthers, and it was so cute. He was so excited. Uh, we're going up on the chairlift later on after the game was over, and he's talking about Cam Newton, and I was just like, how exciting. So I'm watching a few things on TV, and what I thought was so fascinating is I'm interview after interview where people are saying, he's not going to be able to handle the pressure and all these beliefs about because he's too young and too inexperienced. So I thought it was really funny when you watched the game yesterday and unfortunately it was against the Cardinals and it was like they creamed us. He doesn't appear that he's too young and too inexperienced. So again, that's a belief. Now clearly the people that were saying this had a belief and obviously Cam Newton has a belief. So the outcome of that would have been very different if it would have been switched. Everyone said he can do it and he's saying he can't do it. Well, then on the flip side, you have Peyton Manning. Everyone said he can't do it. He's too old. He'll be the oldest quarterback ever to make it. Well, guess what? He's going. And so you look at it in so many different areas. It's like your belief of what you can or can't do is going to dictate more about your life each and every second of every day as well as long term. And so if you can look at what you believe that is serving you and supporting you and stick with that, and look at what's not and let it go, that's really when you start seeing magic occur. And so the interesting thing is that when you look at like the results we've gotten, you gave some of the big ones, but you look at another advisor, 50 million increase in assets under management, 15 million, 25 million, increases in revenue, 10%, 12%, 15%, 22%, you know, some exciting ones, 50, 80, 167, 233, just unbelievable numbers. And you say, okay, how can they be doing that? The ironic part is that literally 99%, it's their worth barometer and it's their inner game because there's so much focus, and especially with advisors and consultants, but I'm sure it's even in corporate America where you've got your game plan and then you've got your execution. But what's almost always missing is that inner game and an integral part of your inner game is your worth barometer. Because if you believe, if let's say, for instance, I believe you can do something, Mary Beth. Let's say you've never written a book and I believe you can do it. Well, obviously you can because you have, but <laughs> let's just say you haven't. And so now you're like, well, there's just no way. 
Well, if your belief is strong enough, it doesn't matter how strong my belief is, it's not going to happen. And the ironic part is that there are so many beliefs that people have that aren't serving them that if they can just acknowledge it, it just say, okay, that is really not serving me, let it go and replace it with something that is, that's when magic occurs. And then it's really exciting. And it's something that's within all of our control. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And I think part of it is, and you mentioned this before about women, is we're aware of certain things and we're able to talk about them. And would you say that you work with more women than men on the worth barometer? There's an equal amount that needs to work on the worth barometer. I think that sometimes maybe women are up front a little bit more inclined to look at that. But if you look at my results, they're pretty much maybe 60, 40 men to women. And considering the fact that there's a lot more men in this industry than women, that's huge. But if you really look at it, I think it's like anyone that's willing to say, what do I need to look at? And part of it is within all of us, it's that space between our thinking because our minds are so busy and they're going so fast. It's a matter of how much more can we get done. We have to be more competitive. We have to be smarter. We have to be at the top of this. And just by slowing down, calming down our thinking, because most people have a hard time focusing. They joke about being ADD and that they're not diagnosed. But the reality of it is, is because our mind is going so fast, when you slow down, which is all a part of the inner game, get into what I refer to as an alpha state, where you're in that calm state, but really high performance, that's when amazing things can happen. And so, but it all begins by, first of all, even acknowledging it. And then secondly, starting to incorporate some practices into your daily business and life that can really impact you. And a a great one, do you want a great one? Probably one of the best. I do. To do that. There's five different states of sleeping and the deepest state of sleep is delta. And if you look at the brain waves, that's when the brain waves are the absolute slowest. Most people go directly from a delta state right to a beta state, which is not the highest alert. Gamma is the highest alert, but it's, it's one where you're really engaged, your nervous system is really on. And so it's a lot of stress and it's not optimal. If you can, instead of going directly from a delta state to a beta state, go from a delta to an alpha state where you're a little bit calmer, some great strategies are focused breathing. Silent meditation is good, but people here, they think they have to be like a Buddhist monk or something, but focused breathing, anyone can do. And it's just breathing in through your nose, holding it, and then breathing out. And so if you breathe into eight, hold it for eight, and then breathe out for 10 or 12. The key is, is that as your mind wanders, you've got to bring it back. I've been doing this for 30 some years and it's it's a practice. They say it's a practice just like yoga because it's not like you ever really master it. But the key is, is just getting to where you can calm yourself down to where you can be in the zone, in the flow. And what ends up happening then is you'll find that you make different choices. Because most people aren't even aware or conscious of what they're doing at this second or this second or this second. They're so focused in on on this to-do list that for most of us is like 20 pages long and I've got to get all this stuff done. But if you can slow down and get really clear, then you're in a space to really make conscious decisions about what is the best use of my time right now, what is the most critical use of my time right now. And when you can get into that space, that's when all of a sudden You take the time to take the action that's going to produce the maximum result. And obviously the bottom line is it increases your bottom line and it makes your life and business so much more fun and so much easier. Well, you talk about the use of time and I think that's such a critical thing that that you mentioned. And we've talked before about implementation as one of the keys to, to success. 
And if you think about, okay, so you get your inner game kind of figured out, you've got your worth barometer in the right spot, you have figured out what you want to do and you're passionate about it, but you still have to actually do it. Talk a little bit about implementation because you were mentioning prior to our being recorded today, but there are some clients who don't make the progress and then you ask them and they're like, well, I didn't really do anything. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a problem. And, and really, lack of action really is an inner game issue. But let's say you've worked on your, your worth barometer. The next thing really to determine, and this is really even before you work on your worth barometer, is what I refer to as the WWAF. So the first thing, W, what? What is it that you want? You can't start taking action and do anything until you're clear on what you want. And I think you should take the time to get clear on what you want personally as well as professionally. Because once you know what you want, then you're in a position to determine what you need to do to get it. But you've got to get clear on what you want. The second thing that's really important is why do you want it? A lot of people come to me sometimes just because they know what I've achieved financially and they think, well, my gosh, if, I, if she can achieve that, which is very unlikely that somebody with my background coming from South Dakota is going to be where I am financially. I get that. The issue is, why do you want it? Now, when I was younger, I thought, okay, if I can just amass a million dollars, everything's going to be great. Well, why do you want it? I didn't have any clue that that really mattered. But when you get clear on your why, and there's three levels of why. There's your level one why, which is my house, my car, my income. Level two, which is your family, your community, your clients. And then level three why, which is where you become unstoppable. That's where you're impacting people's lives. That's where you're really in a move. It's like a movement. And when you get to that level three why, you become unstoppable. If you really want to focus on where you're at is to get really clear on what that is because that's where all of a sudden now you start showing up differently. You're no longer having to have an alarm clock wake you up, you can't wait to get up in the morning because you have so much passion for what you're doing. So what is number one and then why? And then the third is your worth barometer. You've got to be working on that worth barometer each and every day because, as I can say, we all have issues within ourselves to heal. And the more we can show up at our best, the more we can improve our worth barometer, the better we're going to be prepared. And then how? Once we know what we want and why we want it, how can we best get there? And that's where a lot of people get stuck is that you say, okay, well, I need to know what action to take and how to manage my time, but they don't know how to do that. And sometimes that's where you go out and find a third party that can help you, but you've got to get clear on the how. You've then got to get clear on the results, both the results you want to achieve as well as the fact that what you're doing is likely to manifest in the results you want. And then last but not least, the support. Because a lot of times I think people dive into taking action on something and they don't have the support, either professionally or personally. So that's the first thing, is getting clear on that. Then once you're clear on that, then you're going to go about creating your game plan. Your game plan is really going to include your profit model. How are you going to make money? And for some of you, some of the people that are listening, they may have a job where they don't have that flexibility. But let's say you're in a job that you say, this is not what I want to do. It's not my level three why. So now you can start the juices of figuring out what is it. In that process, you want to look at what is the profit model. What do you need to make to achieve the goals you want to achieve personally and professionally? Getting clear on who you're going to serve. Most people dive into taking action, but they're not really clear on who it is they want to serve. You've got to get crystal clear clarity on who you want to serve. And then lead generation. How are you going to attract these people? Now, most people use lead generation that's more of a chaser model, but the real key is an attractor model where you get those people to come to you. And you do a great job of this, Mary Beth. You give so much great content that you have a lot of people that come to you. You're not out there chasing them. That is critical. 
And then last but not least, your relationship and your referral marketing. Because the ironic part is I don't teach referral marketing. I, I'm not an expert at referral marketing. And people say, my gosh, you've got better results at referral marketing than most people out there. What I teach is I teach the concept of how to attract those people, and that's what results in referrals. So that now you've got your game plan, and then the next thing is your execution. And we use what I refer to as a peak performance schedule. And your peak performance schedule identifies your inner game activities as well as your outer game activities. And what you've got to be doing is looking at what I refer to as high value activities and income producing activities and really pinpointing how many a day are you doing for your inner game, which oftentimes is more personal. Now your, high, your income producing is more business, but then how many hours a day are you spending on activities on the outer game that are income producing or high value? And so then what you can do from there is you've got your schedule and then you've just got to execute. And the key, key is consistent, massive right action. And I find the best strategy for execution is really the consequence. What happens if you do it? What happens if you don't do it? And I recommend you start with a 70%. So if you're achieving your goal, 70%, you get to go golfing on Friday or get a massage. You're not, then you got to write a check to the your least favorite political organization, which a lot of us right now, I'm sure it's top of mind. So those are things that can be really, really effective. Now, one of the other things I just want to add to this is what I refer to as 110%. And this is something that I wish I would have known years ago. When you go into something, even when you don't have the experience and you're giving 110%, the outcome is always better. My son plays competitive baseball. When he made a sixth grade team, there were only two sixth graders in the entire school that made it, and every one of them had been playing competitive baseball for at least four or five years. It's insane. Your kid doesn't have a fighting chance unless he's been doing it since he was out of diapers. What we do is we just instill this 110% rule, and then most people are looking at you like, who would have that conversation with their kids? Well, we came back from summer break. Nicholas had had the entire summer off on baseball, and everyone else had played all year round because that's what you do in Arizona. He comes out. He's the only kid that struck every kid out. He had two runs. They're like, what did you do this summer? He relaxed. People don't ever think that that's something that's preparing you. And they look at me like, yeah, right. Who was coaching him? We were up at other home. There's no coaches up there. But the point being is that when you give 110% and you understand that everything has a formula, inner game, game plan, outer game, and you've really worked on your worth barometer, anything's possible. And if you can keep your eye on those balls, that's when you can have amazing results. Whether you're a woman or a man, whether you're an 11-year-old that's never played baseball or an 11-year-old that's been playing for seven years. And that's what's so exciting. Well, it is. And it, it makes a lot of sense. If you just have the will to do it and you are committed to doing it, it makes such a big difference. There's so many people that go in to something a little wishy-washy and it comes out wishy-washy. That's kind of that's kind of what happens. But let's change gears for a second. You shared with me that one of your first, maybe your first job in financial services ended fairly quickly and I think ended in with you in tears. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about how, about how that happened and what actually transpired because I found it memorable, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did too. I was getting my degree in finance and a major financial services company came to our campus and interviewed like 50 people and I got chosen for the internship and I was so excited. So I get there and I was working for the daughter of the general agent. But there were no other women. I was the only woman. And we get done with our training. I passed all my tests. And I'm so excited because I'm going to be able to have my own business because I'm going to be an independent contractor. So at a college, I went to a 
psychologist who was an expert at careers to figure out what careers I could have where I'd have unlimited potential on the upside. And she said financial services, insurance agent, stockbroker, realtor, and she gave me, you know, a few different options. So I decided I wanted to be a financial planner because I thought I can help people. So I'm going into this thinking, this is so exciting. I'm going to be helping so many people become financially free, help women, and I was so excited. And the manager came to me and said, because I was a female, that I could not be my own agent. And it was devastating to me. I was 20, I think 23 at the time. But then to just make matters worse, there's no minorities in this organization. There's one African-American gentleman and then myself, and then supposedly another woman that I never saw. Do they have her in a cage? I didn't know where she was. (laughs) I never saw her, which I thought was odd too. And so then they tell me I have to work for this other minority. And I can remember at the time thinking, well, why isn't he working for me? Now, granted, he was a big producer. So I get there, and I was raised in a very conservative environment. And make a long story short, the insinuation was that the only women that make it sleep their way to the top. And that, for me, was horrifying. And the only thing I can say to this day that's gotten me over that is that I would just love it if somebody could come to me today and say, seriously, that's a requirement for this job? (laughs) I am going to be so good at this job. You know, but of course, now I have a little more balls than I did then. Then I was like mortified. I don't even remember driving home. I was crying so hard. I can remember, I don't even know how I made it home. And I remember I called my mom and she's like, give me a break. You mean to tell me you're going to let something like that influence you? You're going to go in there tomorrow, you're going to quit, and you're going to find a different job. And so when I went in there and I said, I just can't work in an environment like this. These aren't the values I have. And then he proceeded for the next 20, 30, 40 minutes to tell me what a loser I was going to be and that I was never going to amount to anything. And so I left that just fragmented. But this is the thing, and this is what I hope everyone on this call really gets. That was very traumatic for me. And I could have easily gone into this victim mentality, I can't do it, I'm never going to amount to anything. I could have gone into all these different places. What I did, and I don't know how, because at the time I really didn't have the training or the knowledge, but what I did is I went into what I could impact. And what I could impact is I could find a different job where it's better suited and all that. And thank God I did. And this is how the universe repays you. Fifteen years later, ten years later, One of the biggest deals I ever closed in my entire career, which was over $600,000 in my pocket, that agent had tried to close for 10 years. I think if I would have been bitter, angry, and I would have used that as an excuse for me to beat myself up and think, oh, I'm never going to succeed, it would never have happened. But i truly convinced, and this isn't just this incident, it's so many that I've seen from thousands of people, is that when we focus in on what we want and we really get clear on the impact we're going to have on people's lives and we heal our worth barometer and then just do good, go out and do our best. Those are the kind of things that whether you want to say the universe or whatever you want comes back and gives us. I think that's so much better than, oh, okay, so if you could get back at somebody or whatever. Because I think sometimes people go into this victim mentality of, you know, they're angry, maybe they're not being paid as much as their male counterparts, or even like today, it just came up that women pay 42% more for services than men. So women are paid less, and they're charged more. So we could easily go into this victim thing, this isn't fair, whatever. Or we can say, okay, what can I do to impact it and focus in on that, and then take the action to get it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And when you first shared that story with me, I thought you kind of hear about those things, but it actually happened to you where somebody said that. Oh, it, was, it was traumatic. And I, hopefully you leave with that example of saying that that can happen to any of us. And it's not so much 
what happens to us as much as how we choose to react to that that really impacts the course of our lives, which is what this is really all about. If you can make a choice that's going to have a better impact on you and the people you serve, it's always a better road than the one that focuses in on getting in back at the person or making yourself a victim or whatever it may be. Absolutely. There, there's no doubt. Well, Annette, thank you so much. You have been a wonderful interview. You've shared so much content. I'm not sure how you did it, but you shared so much content with us in this 30 minutes that um, I'm really impressed. And I learned a lot. I took a lot of notes myself. I'm going to be starting to work on my worth barometer and some other things. (laughs) But thank you so much for being on the Female Red Zone today. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I just hope that everyone leaves with a belief that regardless of where you are, you have within you everything you need to achieve anything you want. And I just wish, looking back over my life and saying, I wish I would have known that. I wish that 20 years ago, somebody would have said, hey, Annette, you can do anything you want to do. I'm talking about a mentor, because I think especially as women, you can do anything you want, and man, but you've got to have that belief. And so I hopefully I've sparked some opportunity or some sparklings in people's lives to really give them the impetus to know they can do it and a belief in themselves, because that's where it all starts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And from the Female Red Zone, this is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Thanks for listening to the Female Red Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.